Hallelujah. I just want to give a quick shout out to my worship team. This team is able to put together a lot very quickly. And it is it is due to the work that they put into it before they get here. And they put in a lot of time when they're here with the practices, but also a lot of time away from here. And uh, it's not easy. And I just want you, if you can, give an encouraging word to them when you see them, my singers and instrumentalists. Amen. Amen. Just feel like we're we're on the verge of breakthrough in so many areas, but I'm feeling it in, in worship and, and uh, I'm excited for what God's got in store for us. Amen. And these guys are here every week and uh, um, I've been on both sides of it and it's it's a lot to ask and they they give and give and give and with nothing they're not looking for anything in return enough okay bless you worship team let me just not miss that bless you thank you all okay joseph we've been talking we started last week and we're talking about being used by god and uh do you remember how old joseph was when he when god started using him 17 thank you laurie i wanted to put that on facebook and see if anybody would respond but i didn't do it i wasn't brave enough because i was afraid no one would answer (laughs) My wife will answer. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but we've seen with Joseph that he wasn't exempt of mistakes, was he? He dreamed that his 11 brothers would bow down to him and that even his parents would be dependent upon him. God gave him that dream, right? Do we all agree? God gave him that dream. But Joseph didn't have to talk about it, did he? He probably thought that he would see it filled shortly. And you know, when God's going to use us, and when God shows us that he's going to use us, you know, we tend to think that it's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen in the next week or two. But often what happens is it's it's sometimes a long time. How many knows that a long time to us, the, the, the perspective of a long time is different between us and God? A lot different. And sometimes two weeks seems like forever. Doesn't it? What happens is a long time. It it takes a long time for God to to get us into position to where he can use us. Take Moses. When Moses grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In Hebrews 11, chapter 25, it says, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin For a season, Moses thought that when he left the palace and identified himself with his brothers, that his brothers would say, welcome, my brother. I'm so glad you're here. We've been waiting for you. But the truth is they rejected him. Do you remember what they said? Are you going to kill us like you killed that uh, Egyptian? You remember they saw him kill the Egyptian for abusing one of the Hebrews. And then he, he ran. He left. He got afraid. And when he came to his brothers, they thought. Were you going to kill us too? You're one of them. Do you remember the story? I'm not going to go into it. They rejected him. And it appears that Moses needed 40 years to prepare himself. It may be good while God's greater purpose as we wait will start to show up. It could be that you're in a similar situation. Maybe the Lord has, you felt the Lord's leading. I want you to know when the Lord started calling me to worship, he actually spoke to Elizabeth. I, I, I knew the Lord had a, had a calling on me 
I knew that the Lord was drawing me into music and I was in sound. But Elizabeth said, Paul, I feel like the Lord's given you a heart for worship. And I said, great. Now what? I don't know. We went on about our life, didn't we? Uh, okay. Yay. The Lord's saying, Joseph, I'm giving you, a, I'm, I'm going to give you dreams. Here comes a few. And next thing you know, here, here comes some, some problems. Maybe you're at that point and you've been waiting and you've been waiting and you've been waiting. And you've just about given up. You've thought that this was the time that God's going to use you. You're convinced of it, but it didn't work out. God's message to you is right now, you are not dead yet. How many knows that when he used Abraham and the promise of Abraham, he, 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 he fulfilled that promise in their old age. And it wasn't right away. A lot of times the Lord says, you're going to have a child and nine months later they have the child. That wasn't the case with Abraham, was it? In fact, they had a long enough time to doubt. Right? Do you remember the response Abraham's wife made when she heard? She laughed. <laughs> Yeah, God's going to give me a baby. <laughs> I wish he'd have told me that. But in Genesis chapter 37, verse 2, Joseph was with his brothers tending the flock. In verse 12, we see that he had separated. His brothers had separated from Joseph and had moved on to Shechem. But what happened in the meantime? You know, we can, we can deduce, we can, we can come up with a few things. First, we know that Jacob had given uh, Joseph this coat of many colors. That alone separated Joseph from the rest. Second, Joseph had flaunted the gift that God had given him in these dreams. That too isolated. But Jacob saw that there was no choice but to keep Joseph away from the brothers. And although Joseph's dream was from God, on a natural psychological level, I want you to catch this. Because this happens to me, and I'll bet it happens to you. This dream could have been labeled as a personal fulfillment or a wish fulfillment. How many of you, if you heard someone say that the Lord said that I'm going to rule and reign over you, how would you receive that? Or you dream, you, you have a dream that you're going to have some $10 million house tomorrow. Do you see what I'm saying? This dream exalted Joseph. So it's easy. How many of you have ever prayed or started to prophesy, or started to speak over someone, and you think, did I just make that up because I know this person? Or is that really from God? Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, let, let me just stretch you just a little bit. That's going to stretch you. Um. Here at Church on the Hill, we are, we are a spirit-filled church. We believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We believe in tongues. We believe in the laying on of hands. We believe in raising, raising the dead. Uh, it, it says that these miracles will cease when the time has been fulfilled. Well, Jesus hasn't returned yet, and there are still, still sick people on the earth, right? I believe God's a healer. We see God heal. We've seen God heal in this church, outside of this church. We've seen that God's a healer. Well... I was once talking with my dad about uh, prophesying and what do you do in church when somebody gives a tongue and there's no interpretation? And my dad said, well, Eddie Turner points at one of his pastors and he makes them interpret it. 
And I was the worship leader at that time. And I'm like, uh-oh. He, Pastor Matt could point at me. What am I going to do? So it says to, that it, in Scripture, I wish everyone prayed in tongues and that the Lord desires for us to prophesy of all the gifts that the Lord wants you to prophesy, right? So I, I, I just go outside. This is kind of how I am. Okay, God, I'm going to try this. I'm going to give a tongue and then I'm going to interpret it. Okay, one, two, ready, go. Here I go. Pray in my, it was my prayer language. I didn't know anything else to do. I just started going. And then I said, okay, enough. Thus saith the Lord, I'm going to raise up this church and it's going to be full and they're going to build all these things. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's me. There's a difference. Do you see what I'm saying? Even though my heart's right and I'm really trying, out comes what I want. So I said, okay, God, I missed that. Let's try it again. So I start speaking out in tongues and it starts to sound different. And then I just really pray, thus saith the Lord, and here it came. <laughs> I'm like, wow. And I run in the office to Pastor Zach and to Pastor Stephen. You got to come try this. <laughs> this works. But my, but my point is, Sometimes we can get ourselves in the way. And what I'm trying to say is here, I, I believe that with the brothers and even possibly with Joseph after being in prison and everything's gone wrong. Do you think every now and then he might have thought. Was that just really what I wanted? Or was that God? Do You see what I'm saying? We're trying to be used by God. Right. That's where we're going right here with Wednesday night is we're trying to be used by God. And you feel like the Lord has spoken to you. Joseph wanted it wanted so much to be admired by his brothers and his family. I mean, his dad put this code on him. He wanted the admiration of his brothers, but he went about it all the wrong way. When God shows us that he will use us, there's almost all it almost always affects our self-esteem. God does not compel us against our will he makes us willing to go. He doesn't make us go, right? He does something to make us, he motivates us, right? He offers us something that we're going to like. God does this as, as a kindness to accommodate our weakness. You know, if I have no motivation to do something, I'm probably not going to do it, right? Here's the irony. God speaks to us at our own level in order to motivate us the very self-esteem to which he appeals to us needs radical surgery to remove it. Does that make any sense? When I start to rise up and think, ooh, I want to do this because God's going to do this in me. It motivates me to want to do it. And then God has to start dealing with my selfishness. I hope this isn't going over your head because I... We want to be used. And God will will help encourage you, and by encouraging you, he builds you up. What happens when you get built up? Your head starts growing. And you start needing God less and less. Well, he showed Joseph, Joseph, I'm going to use you. And Joseph's head went, hey, everybody, I'm going to be this. How would it have been if I showed up the next Sunday and said, God's given me a heart for worship. 
got to be a job somewhere. Place me. Where do I go? Here I am. Pastor Matt, the, the Lord said it. Pastor Matt would say, God, would you just give me somebody I like? He said that. Just give me somebody I like. That's, that's literally what he said. <laughs> when I told him, I said, I, I believe I'm going to be your name. I believe the Lord's calling me to worship. That's what he went and prayed. God, could you not just give me somebody I liked? No, that's what he said, though. It, Elizabeth always wants to make it all okay, but that's what he said. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Do you know what it is to have the conviction that God has a purpose for your life? Joseph had these dreams. What do you think was on his mind? I think it's good to try to think what was on his mind. You know, if you were to really study his brain, I think somebody would go to Joseph and say, now, Joseph, look here. You're under a lot of pressure. Your father has given you this coat. Your brothers hate you. It's quite natural for you to want them to bow down to you. You've had this dream. Can't you see, Joseph, that this dream is just what you want? I think Joseph probably even wondered that. Maybe I worked this up. I've done this before. To where you say, God, that wasn't you. That wasn't it at all. Because it might entice you or motivate you doesn't mean it's not God. What I'm trying to say is, if it's, if it's leading you to want to do something, that doesn't mean it's your flesh. The whole thing that we're talking on on Sunday mornings is allowing and learning to starting to know who your children are so you can fuel where where they're gifted, what they love. That's what God's wanting to do is he's wanting to use you where you're gifted. What you love. So when the Lord starts to call you, it 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 it, it motivates you to move. All I'm trying to say tonight, I guess, is. Don't allow that to, to, for you to shut it off because you think, well, that's just what I want. That can't be God. No. No. Give it to the Lord. What was on Joseph's mind? I believe that basically Joseph knew that God gave him those dreams. Even though they increased his ego, the fact remained that God gave them. No doubt he could see that through these series of mistakes that it was still God. And even though we abuse the gift that God gives us, do you remember the scripture? For the gifts and the calling of God is without repentance or they are irrevocable. God doesn't take those away. Let me just skip forward. You know, if you look at the disciples, look at the way that Jesus used the disciples. Though God had called them, there certainly in their life was a what's in it for me attitude. They had their own self-interest at heart. And they followed Jesus around for three years. How much those disciples had to learn. Many of us begin serving God with self-interest at heart. Before we can be of any value, something's got to happen. 
Something's got to happen to bring us to the place where we see that God gives us a gift for his glory. That's ultimately why it's there. For his greater purpose and for the church. God is interested in the church. He is interested in the kingdom. He doesn't tell tell us all this at first. He gives us one step at a time. He doesn't lead us immediately from A to Z. He has us go from A to B and B to C and so on. And somewhere along the way we see God has a greater purpose than what I thought it was. It's so big that it's going to cover things that I never could have covered on my own. God's got big plans for me. It says in Isaiah chapter 42 verse 8, he says, I am the Lord. That is my name and my glory I will not give to another. There comes a time when self-interest must be swallowed up by God's greater glory. Moses had to learn this lesson and it was also in store for Joseph. You know, the brothers took off to Shechem and Joseph or Jacob said, go check on them. Now, the 11 brothers all had to work, right? They all had a job. What did Joseph do? He sat around the house and he studied. He was, he was a smart guy, but I believe that when Jacob said, Joseph, go and check on your brothers, it's probably the first thing he'd been asked to do in a while. You ever ask your kid to go do something when they're busy not doing anything? The response isn't good. I usually get a. I don't like that response. Especially when you're messing around on the computer or watching some goofy show. Jacob, go check on your brothers. Apparently he had nothing to do and he just took off. Do you ever feel guilty about the way that you use your time? If so, I want to throw something at you. Give yourself to God totally, 100%. Give God your life. Mean it, but be careful. God will take you seriously. You know, we were singing tonight. This song we sang tonight, the Tammy song, is a song of giving your whole life. I pour out my life. I pour out myself. Extravagant worship. Total surrender. You know, it's a story of the woman that broke that alabaster jar full of pricey perfume. And she gave all she had. And do you remember the response was, you shouldn't have done that. You should go sell that and give it to somebody. And the Lord said, "Uh uh-uh. No, what she's done is good. She's poured out everything. She was preparing Jesus for burial. She didn't know what she was doing. God did. Be careful. I'm I'm telling you, what I'm saying is give everything. God will take you seriously. And the preparation that he will have for you will help make up the way that we waste our time. It wouldn't be long 
until Joseph's holiday or whatever he was doing was over. Do you remember? Jacob said, go and check on him. When we get the call from God to do something, our natural feeling is that we're quite ready to go. C.H. Spurgeon said that if he had 25 years left to live, he would spend 20 of them in preparation. Extraordinary. Dr. Lloyd-Jones used to say that the worst thing that can happen to a person is to be successful before he's ready. Joseph wanted to be successful, but he wasn't ready. Little did Joseph know, and little did his father know, that this would be the last time that Joseph, that Jacob would see him. Joseph didn't know that him running off would be his last days of comfort and convenience. He was daddy's boy, but this selfish and sensitive teenager was also God's instrument for his generation. Joseph went to the spot that his brothers normally could be found, but they weren't there. Do you remember? They had moved on. They, they weren't in Shechem, but they had learned that they were in Dothan. And you know what? The brothers saw, the, saw him before he saw them. Why? He could be spotted from a miles away. He's got on this goofy jacket. Do you know that, that when, when watchmen would stand on the wall, they could tell who was coming by the way they were walking or the way they were riding? Do you remember? They'd say, someone's coming. Well, who is it? Well, it looks like so-and-so. Do you not think they could identify Joseph? So what the brothers do? They saw him. They knew what they wanted to do, what they did want to do. They wanted to conspire. They conspired to kill him. Genesis chapter 37, verse 20, it says, Let us slay him and cast him in some pit. And we'll say some evil beast hath devoured him. And we shall see what becomes of his dreams. You see right here, they're putting God, they're putting the gift of God right to the test. We'll see about this dream. It was his dreams that bothered them. Somehow they feared that there was something right about him. Do you remember what the father said? The father rebuked him, but then it said, but he still thought about it. He still took it to heart. What did it say? Uh, we will see what comes of these dreams. They continued this defiance. Do you remember it even said, behold, the, here comes the dreamer. Don't be surprised if the man of God chooses, uh, don't be surprised if the man God chooses gets a nickname. Now, I, I, I hate that because I'm a nicknamer. I like to give nicknames. And usually in here we can see that God, the nicknames they get uh, alludes to the way that God's going to use them. Do you know that when the disciples were called Christians, it wasn't a pleasant, they didn't mean it nicely? It wasn't flattering. That's why it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, it says, If any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Eventually, they were proud to own that name. It was the same way with the Puritans and the Methodists. They weren't happy. They weren't happy terms. They were words of derision, but eventually they accepted them. When God's gift, when God's work is, is, is going on in your life, people will be jealous. We've seen that. That Joseph was insensitive and not without sin. And now we see the wickedness of his brothers. 
But I want you to know, right here, God's plan starts in motion. The the journey of Joseph getting prepared to deliver his generation was about to start now. God's eternal purpose is at work, whether we feel it or not. Sometimes when we don't feel anything, we wonder, is God working? But the fact that you don't feel something proves nothing. God can work silently behind the scenes. These brothers also knew that their father had become impressed with the dreams. So they wanted even more to discredit the work that was going on. However, one of the brothers was conscious stricken in Genesis 37 verse 21. It says, let us not kill him, but cast him into this pit in the wilderness and lay no hand upon him. One of the brothers wanted to save him. Reuben had the idea, let's get him in this pit, then I'll go back and I'll save him. I know how much daddy loves him. Joseph didn't know what was going on, but we're told that they took him and cast him into an empty pit. There was no food or water. What do you think was on Joseph's mind now? You think he's thinking, oh, God's got a greater plan. I'm, I'm going to somehow still fulfill these. They're still going to bow down to me. Bow down to me. If you can, don't just, we need to read between the lines a little bit and realize Joseph probably had doubts. Would you have a doubt if God had spoken a word to you and now you're in a pit to die? Okay. As far as he could see. There was no hope. There was no hope. In the pit, there was nothing left to do but to pray. I want to encourage you. That may be where you are. You may be in that pit. You may have feel like that the Lord has spoken over you. And I know, I know many of you that have said, I believe the Lord's wanting to work in me and wanting to use me. And, it, you know, the, the, the door hasn't opened yet. You're not dead yet. Hang in there. Hang in there. Hold tight to that word. Test it. Talk it over with some other Christian people. Let's be praying about it. Talk to me. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear what God, what you feel like God's leading you to do. And let me be believing with you. Let your brothers, let your life group know. You may be in a pit. No, no hope. You can't see it at all. That does not define that God's not going to use you. God's power and his work is not based on our feeling. Okay, I'm going to leave you there. We're going we're to stop there. But I want to encourage you. Give it all to the Lord. You may say, Pastor, how do you do that? I can't tell you how to do it in your life. Just try to step one step closer to him this week. And next week, make another step. You know, it's easy to subtly step away. But you've got to make a decision to step forward. Most won't physically make a decision to step away. Satan has a way of dividing you and to entice you and to gently, subtly move you away. But to step forward toward the Lord, you've got to make a decision. You've got to make a decision to stop going the way that you're going and choose a different way. And I want to encourage you, just step forward this week. There is no sitting on the fence. Either you're moving forward or you're moving backward. Move forward. Amen.
Father, thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for the worship, and I thank you for your power and your presence. Lord, I just ask you to help us to um, accept your timing and your, your word, and Lord, to stand on your word. Lord, I believe that even though it took years with Abraham's word for a son, I don't think he wavered. I think he probably questioned, but it, it, it shows us, Lord, that he was a man of faith. Lord, help us to be a church of faith, to believe you. It's okay to question you, but Lord, let us stand strong in your word. Let us be in your word. Let us be in your fellowship. Lord, we just ask you for your spirit. Lord, over all those that are on our list tonight and those that we've added tonight, Lord, we just pray for breakthrough and for healing, for deliverance and for salvation, for encouragement. Lord, you know exactly what each of these people need. Thank you, Lord, for meeting every need that we have. We just bless your holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.